first and now is the official BC Lions podcast broadcasting from inside the wall center. Matt Baker, Nick Kowalski, great studio location here at Burrard Street, home of Go Goat Sports and Sakaris and Price, among other excellent productions. Great to be back in here, Nick. How you doing, bud? Love being here. Yeah, it is good to be back. Uh, feeling refreshed after a long weekend. How are you doing? Good. I mean, one of my favorite weeks of our working calendar is free agency, and we kicked it around a little bit last week. In fact, we'll get to a couple more signings we didn't get during last week's episode, but it's exciting. It might not have been a crazy day of activity like we're used to compared to last year. Remember last year we had Michael O'Connor coming in. We had Nathan Rourke was already here, but he was there to greet him, and Sean we had White, Sean White yeah. and his dog Tucker stopping by. None of that this year, and that's fine, and and we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to hear from head coach Rick Campbell, who we encourage our listeners to check out. He was on with Sakaris and Price on Family Day Monday of this week, part of their Boys of Summer episode, and we're going to play a little bit of that audio throughout the program here. He's going to talk about continuity and talk about offense. We're focusing on the Lions' offense on this episode just shortly but it's good that we didn't get that activity because, one, we're pre- pretty set in a lot of places. Again, we're going to talk about the offense specifically. And, two, one of the big criticisms of this league, maybe a casual observer would probably say, there's too many, pl- there's too much movement. There's, there's one-year contracts. Remember, that was, that was always the criticism. Oh, too many one-year contracts, too many one-year contracts. You couple the fact that a lot of the positions of need were already filled this team and, like we kicked around, re-signed some key pieces ahead of free agency through 2024. So <laughs> I would expect next year's period to be even less of an activity. So that, for me, uh, it's always an exciting week for me, despite the fact it wasn't as crazy. Yeah, the two-year contracts is, is a big deal for us, and uh, we're gearing up for these next two years to make another big run at the, at the Grey Cup. And um, I think we touched on this last week, too, that it's it was no coincidence that teams like BC and Winnipeg were maybe the quietest teams in free agency because they already had their roster set. Like They have elite players at pretty much every position across the board. And what they added, us us and the Bombers, was another piece that they needed, and that was Michael Couture for us. That was Kenny Lawler for them. So, yeah, little moves um, just to, to even strengthen your already strong rosters, right? Yep. And, yeah, really, I, I'm excited and – it's a, it's about this year, right? We we want to be in Hamilton in November. We we want to be giving our best shot to hoist the Grey Cup. It's been 12 years since the team has even played for a Grey Cup. Last year they won it as well, of course. But um you look at the calendar next year, Grey Cup 2024 here in Vancouver. You know, that's an exciting thing to think about a veteran group of players at all these key positions next year as well because Players and coaches and people who work for the franchise will say every year you're going all in, but that's it's especially true in a year where the Grey Cup is in your host stadium. So a couple of key depth additions we'll break down in a second. As mentioned, we're taking a deep dive really on the offense today, go position by position. No guest this week. We'll do this next week for the defense, I gather. So just you and I going back and forth, and we've taken your mailbag submissions. We'll get to your questions uh, in short order as well, but you mentioned off the top you're refreshed. A long weekend, family day weekend. What did you get up to? Uh, pretty much a solo weekend for me because I, I do live solo out here. So I did. Go, right. I, I went on a solo hike to Balcara. I think I'm saying that Belcara, right. Belcara. Belcara. Yeah. So I went on a solo hike there. It was nice. I got in the snow. 
um, got got high enough that there was snow around me, so that was fun. Um, what else did I do? What was the difficulty level of that hike? Was it pretty Very intermediate or pretty more in the moderate side? It's, yeah, it's, it was only like about four hundred meters elevation, I think. So that's pretty. That's pretty moderate, right? What's a girl's grind? Do you know? In terms of elevation difficulty? Elevation. Oh, elevation. Oh, geez, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> this is a good podcast. I think it's, I don't know, maybe a couple of kilometers. I, I don't, as far as meters, I mean, I don't know. It's yeah, the a couple thousand meters. meters. Yeah, a couple thousand's a ton. It's I'd hard if you've never done it before. Lot. Yeah. Yeah, the one I was in, though, was strictly nature. It wasn't really for the views. I kind of like those ones, though, where it's just right. kind of in, in the trees. I like those ones. I have to check that one out. No, good for you, getting out and uh, exploring the outdoors in winter. Something you can't really do in your old hometown of Winnipeg there. Yeah, don't rub it in. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm just I'm just here spewing facts. I was we had a good time too. Uh in-laws have a little place down in Point Roberts, which if you're not familiar as a guy who's not a traditional Vancouver guy, Point Roberts is in the state of Washington, but it's separate from the rest of the state of Washington. By Tawasson. Right? But at least by land anyway. Yeah, the the borders at Tawasson. Okay. So and the great thing about it for me is we go down there. It's a good place to unwind, relax, uh, quiet little uh, cabin my in-laws have, just a, a little bit of a walk up from the beach. But due to all the rain that was taking place, it was kind of muddy down at the beach. Ooh. And our little one, uh, Libby, she's three and a half. She's funny. When, when we get with my wife's parents, all she wants to do is hang out with my mother-in-law, with her grandmother, which is fine by us because we get a break. So... They went down to the beach. The two of them did sandcastles and all that. I, I just chilled. I listened to the Canuck game on the Saturday night. Went for a couple long walks. Speaking of hikes, a couple long walks. You can cover a lot of land there by foot. And what I love most about Point Roberts is you're 45 minutes away, but you feel like you're hours away. It's like isolation almost. Yeah, right? it's yeah. it's a good place to go chill and unwind a, there's probably two restaurants there. There's two places. If you want to go out for dinner, you've got two choices. And same if you want to go for like a brunch or something, there's there's one big cafe that gets pretty busy. But it's brilliant. It's on the ocean. It's, yeah, you have my it's interest. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. And a good, good place to go unwind for a long weekend and um, spend some time... Um, you know, getting some Rick Campbell uh, content ready for BCLions.com. Uh, you can working. head there and check it out. Always working, yeah. Always like to, you know, have the computer going, see what's going on. There's no TV at the house there, which is fine by me, but wow. they have Wi-Fi, which is nice. And so we listened to the Canuck game on my father-in-law has a yeah. yeah on my Instagram story. It's probably gone by now, but a really old AM radio I saw the with Saturday the big night, antenna, right? yeah. yeah. Big win over the Flyers, so so there you go. Uh, we, we like to branch out and talk some other sports. But, yeah, good to get away, but now we're back into it. And uh, the, the next thing on the football docket is the draft, CFL draft coming up first week in May. And talking to Neil McAvoy a little bit today, uh, from a football ops standpoint, that's the number one thing right now is finalizing their lists and their boards and figuring out what they want to do with, by position or do you take best player available. Of course, a little more intrigue now, Nick. Nick, uh, the Lions trading into the yeah. first round with the Jordan Williams trade. I like the draft no matter what, but 
little more excitement for me now that uh, we'll have the ninth pick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was my first taste at being behind the scenes in a CFL draft last year. And I thought, they, they, if just look at the the players they got from that last season. You got Nathan Cherry, obviously, in the first round, but um, like uh, uh, Adrian Green, uh, Josh Archibald, Riley Pickett. They all they all dressed this season and played mm-hmm. teams this year. So that's that's pretty successful for first year players, especially in in later rounds dressing. Yeah, and the Canadian depth is probably as good as it's been in a long time for this team. And we were saying that enables them to make a Jordan Williams trade because they're confident in a Ben Halatic to play in the middle. And Bola Cumble, one of those veterans, re-signed for two more years, right? So looking forward to uh, seeing how that process all plays out. Of course, uh, the regional national combines in Edmonton coming up in about a month from now. And yeah, once you get through the draft, it's it's on, baby. Go it's time. it's training camp, middle of May, May tenth. I want to say we'll be making the trek up to Kamloops. And speaking of draft picks, uh, one player that the club selected back in the seventh round, believe it or not, in two thousand seventeen, and he wound up playing a good role on special teams, started on defense for a short time. Jordan Herdman Reed, one of those free agents the Lions added late last week. Again, perhaps a spot to to compete with the linebackers with Jordan Williams being gone, but this is a special teams move as well. Of course, the leading production guy on specials was Kevin Francis. He left for the Elks. Jordan Herdman-Reed, a solid ratio option. That's exactly where I was going with that. If there's any questions about how the Lions going to replace Kevin Francis' production, it was since departed to Edmonton. Uh, Herdman Reed, 36 special teams tackles his first two seasons with the Lions. That's right up there with Francis' yeah. numbers last year. Um, so, yeah, it's good to have him back. I'm excited to meet him. And uh, last thing, he's, he's a Winnipegger. So that's, he is. Uh, that's, a, that's a bonus in my books. Him and his twin brother, Justin, who went back to Saskatchewan, I believe. I think the next day, I think that was... So the Riders lose Jordan, but they they get Justin back. So yeah, you're right. Winnipeg guy came out here to play for SFU, uh, set all kinds of accolades there. And I know Rick Campbell and Neil McAvoy have talked about local. Not a clincher, but it helps in determining what guys they want to bring. This is a guy that's going to be living here, and he's going to be part of that group down uh, in the gym working out, out in the community. It's funny, a little inside the den moment here. Andrew Pearson was kind of chuckling in my office here. That is good. I'm glad Jordan's back because someone to help out with these community appearances. He doesn't have to quite do every (laughs) school visit. Uh, It it breaks it takes up a lot of your schedule, and and Andrew's great at it, uh, and it's a big reason he's... He's made a name for himself here, but uh, yeah, good guy to have locally. A signing you're really jacked up about. I am too, now that I've learned a bit more about this player. Mike Jones, defensive back, two-time Grey Cup champion with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, had a game-sealing interception in the 2019 Cup in Calgary, that first time against Hamilton. Spent last year with the Montreal Alouettes and put up some pretty decent numbers uh, on a defense that made some things happen. Remember, Montreal, um, some people are down on them lately, but they improved last year, and that defense was a part of it. If anything, Nick, this makes the battles in Kamloops way more intriguing in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming coming from Winnipeg the other year, I've always, I've always appreciated Mike Jones' games. I think he kind of got a little underappreciated in, in the secondaries that Winnipeg's put out these past couple of seasons. He's played... He's, uh, typically played the field corner spot. Um, I would say right now that's probably the spot he has uh, an edge on going into training camp. 
but he's someone who he covers space really well, I find, and he, he's really good with breaking up passes. Um, had a couple interceptions last year. He had two in the, in the playoff game for the Alouettes last year, so uh, really exciting addition for him. Yeah, he's and he's like you said, he's a two-time Great Cup champ, So and he really played strong in that, in that first run in 2019. Yeah, and making this place a destination, it's something that Rick and Neil have talked about, and I wonder, next time we get either of those co-GMs on the show, I want to ask them if that was a big thing this year. People look at the improvements in BC, you know, with Mr. Doman and, and all the exciting things happening at the ownership level now. It's something, Nick, we haven't been able to say for quite a long time. Yes, Amar bought the team uh, right at the start of 2021, but really, we're still kind of in the COVID world, couldn't do much of the stuff that we started to really kickstart in 2022 and I think you're seeing a residual effect of that. Guys want to come play here. Wasn't always the case. Yeah, and it's it's exciting to see. And like you said, the Great Cups here in 2024, we're seeing a lot of two-year contracts really gearing up for having continuity here in these next two seasons, really making a push uh, for, the, for this unfinished business from last season. And it's exciting times. Nowhere to go but up indeed. Uh, not going to sneak up on anyone this year, that's for sure. We're going to talk offense here in just a minute. Uh, but before we do... We're uh, going to remind you, bclions.com slash season tickets is the place to go. Many benefits to becoming a BC Lions season ticket holder. Nick, you know, if we weren't working for the team, we'd be season ticket holders in a heartbeat. Some of the benefits, check this out. You get a 15% discount on merchandise, your own account executive, uh, certain preferred parking options, an exclusive gift if you sign in for this season. We'll let uh, the ticket reps explain that. I don't want to ruin any of that potential excitement. You get first access to purchase playoffs. We're talking about the 111th Grey Cup in 2024. There are certain plans. If you get in now, you can reserve your spot. Grey Cup, always a blast. Season ticket holder events. I mean, just a few of those. Last year, we were in Saskatchewan. Unfortunately, it was the night Nathan got hurt, I think. But remember, they had that viewing party in Surrey while we were in Regina on the big screen. You can't beat that. Again, priority purchase for Grey Cup. And also the opportunity to pre-purchase events at BC Place. For example, there was a Guns N' Roses concert announcement. Just things like that. All kinds of events at BC Place. We know the Rugby Sevens are coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So bclions.com slash season tickets. All of the info and our account executives are standing by. Quick break, and we're talking offense coming up on First and Now. First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, leave, and leave a review. Broadcasting from inside the Wall Center, the Go Goat Sports Studio. As mentioned, uh, a week removed from some pretty good activity. Uh, we've talked a lot about the addition of Michael Couture and a couple of the newer additions uh, right in the opening segment of this episode, but we're basically going to take some time and go position by position by position on the offense. Next week, we'll look at the defense. There's a lot to be excited about. Nick simply have to start with the quarterback. Uh, Vernon Adams Jr. Had him on at the beginning of this year, this calendar year, and he's all in. Um, He's taking this responsibility with pride. Being the number one quarterback undisputed is something that's not for the faint of heart. And, this is a guy who can handle it all, all the pressure that comes with it. Uh, just your overall sense of Vernon Adams Jr. and the conversations we've had with him. Uh, this is a guy who is ready, and he's ready to win. 
Yeah, and he's ready to fit into this locker room too. I think we saw that last year. We've talked about it before, his, his style of leadership. And now uh, being the undisputed QB1, he's really taken an initiative to get guys together, build chemistry, and really come prepared for camp this season. And that's all you can really ask for when it's February. And then once May comes, yeah, it's, it's, it's go time. And uh, he's proven to be, like we said, his, his ceiling is pretty much an MOP-level quarterback. And it's up to him and the receivers around him and the coaches around him to get him to that level this season. And if that happens, it's it, it's going to be huge for, for the success of this team. All-star credentials, again, 2019. That's not too long ago. No. That's three seasons ago with, with the lost year in there. And, and it's funny how it all kind of comes full circle because we know the history. VA was on the Lions negotiation list. His rights get traded because they ultimately decide to to go with Jonathan Jennings, and they kept Travis Lule around for a couple years there. There was starting to be a lot of people, social media fans. It's great that they're passionate and they care. The odd time in that 2019 season, you heard people say, how did the Lions get rid of this guy? Yeah. And uh, now he's back here. Again, he took kind of a, a bumpy road, a roundabout way to get back here. And this guy leads. Again, we're, we're around this every day. We're in the room. We're on the team planes. And, you know, we're at practice every day. Not many other people who talk about the team can say that for sure. And players gravitate toward this guy. And he's just, he's like that leader you want. And, and that's what's so impressive. And I'm I'm really excited to see it come to fruition from day one of camp. Just that presence he's going to have. Now, last year, we were reminded rather cruelly, you need two. You need two solid veterans on your roster in the quarterback room. And this was a signing we were expecting really when the negotiating window opened a couple of weeks ago. Dom Davis is a guy that they've signed. Him and VA have a bit of a familiarity. Rick Campbell is familiar with him as well, having worked with him in Ottawa. Yeah. A solid veteran blanket that'll be number two on the depth chart. Yep, yeah, experience is always good to have. Uh, he's living out here on, on the island, I believe, right now too, yep. so he's already around the area. Um, he's a rocket of an arm. Like he can, he can throw the ball far. So I'm excited to see that if he does, um, get the opportunity. But uh, like you said, yeah, it is a two quarterback league these days. Um, something that he also does really well is short yardage. Um, Antonio Pipkin has not been re-signed by the club. So Dom Davis presumably is going to take over that role this year. And he had, I want to say like 17 rushing touchdowns last year. Um, and combined with his experience and his arm, like we saw, we saw a trick play flip the game in the West semifinal last year. I think that a play like that could be broken out again with, with Davis at the helm uh, under center and short yardage, but, um, a lot of options. And it's like, like you said, to have two quarterbacks is, is, it's always a must in the CFL now. Yeah, and one of the more intriguing battles in Kamloops will be number three. Uh, the Lions uh, uh, quietly added a couple of, of Americans at, at various points of the ar- of the offseason. Um, one of them, no particular order here. Uh, Braylon Smith, uh, he's a guy who did have a cup of coffee with the Red Blacks in 22 working yep. on the practice squad. And... I believe, actually, this was a transaction. We took him off of Ottawa's practice roster, I think, toward the end of the season. Four years at Central Arkansas, um, twelve, just over 1,200 yards, 84 touchdown passes in 37 games. So pretty solid numbers there. A bit of an unknown, though, from a professional standpoint. And we're just going to see in training camp what this guy is able to do when he's uh, in command of the yeah. offense. Yeah, and he's also someone who's attended uh, several NFL minicamps yeah. too. So he has experience there, and he's definitely qualified to to compete for a number three spot or even, who knows, a number two. 
again, we're talking about guys like Dom Davis, Vernon Adams Jr. Maybe was a little more well-known coming out of college, especially in the Pacific Northwest. A lot of these Americans that come up here had backgrounds like this. So it's all about trying to find that next wave of guys who, you, know, you mentioned a guy like Braylon Smith. He's had a few cups of coffee down in the NFL and maybe he wants some security and wants a place where he can stick. Maybe this is the spot. Another one, and, and this one's a little intriguing in the sense that there is some CFL experience, albeit very briefly. Uh, Vad Lee, um, James Madison, final two years of college, and, and then he pretty much moved north right away. 2016 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, dressing in three games. Didn't really have much in terms of production or stats, but he dressed. He's a guy who's familiar with practice and and the Canadian rules, albeit a few years ago. Then he bounced around the Indoor League, XFL, USFL uh, with the Pittsburgh Maulers in 2022, his most recent game action. Maybe a bit, a bit of a veteran. He's 30 years old. Going to be 30 years old is Vad Lee when camp begins, and maybe that experience gives him the upper hand as far as cracking a spot on the roster, but... Maybe a guy who looks at it as a last chance. He's going to be hungry. Yeah, and uh, Liam Thompson and I in the office today, we were looking at some of his highlights on YouTube, and he is an athletic quarterback. Yeah. So um, definitely a skill set that you want in the CFL. Uh, we've seen Vernon Adams has an athletic skill set too that fits well in the CFL. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see Lee on the on the big field this this, uh, this training camp. And I, just, I just chuckle. Uh, kids born in 1993 are turning 30 this year. You've got a few years to go still, you young buck, but... <laughs> So four, <laughs> yeah. So four quarterbacks on the roster right now, and we'll see what else happens. A lot of times they'll add a guy just before camp. I know a couple of years there they would, they would add another Canadian. They used to have that Canadian quarterback internship program. That's in fact Michael O'Connor in 2016 yeah. was at Lions camp as part of that before he continued his university career at UBC. So quarterback number three spot, the number three position on the roster that's going to be a one that a lot of people are going to be curious what is happening we'll talk about running backs receivers o-line but as mentioned uh, head coach rick campbell joining the sakaris and price podcast on monday of this week and he talked about the quarterbacks and specifically these free agent additions running back offensive line like we're talking about how they really know now that they're tailoring this offense around vernon adams jr going to try to tailor it to to make it as to highlight VA strengths as much as we could but you could see when he came in last year it wasn't like night and day as far as what we were doing and um, the good news is Jordan McSimmick and VA will have a whole off season to talk through things and uh, we do still have a ton of continuity you know with the receivers um, you lose Burnham to retirement but you still got Lucky, Rhymes, Hatcher, um, Hollins, Scarphone, Peterman, you know, like there's a whole list there. The offensive line, you know, we lose Fig, uh, we lose Godber, uh, but uh, we gain a really good player in Michael Couture, and then we still have the rest of the crew back. So um, there is a ton of uh, ton of continuity there, which is good. The running back thing is going to be exciting in camp. It's going to be wide open. Um, you know, once we knew we were going to lose James, uh, we're, it's a wide open competition. I know Ryan Rigmaiden, um, who finds our American talent, is excited about the guys coming in. So, um, and you know, like I said, James Butler, you know, I just remember going into last year, 
people were nervous about that we were going to play Nathan Rourke at quarterback and you know, we got all these new people and stuff. So I actually feel going into this year, we're a little more solidified than we were going into the previous year. And you heard Rick in that clip talk about how beneficial, again, it's going to be Jordan Maximic, offensive coordinator, is going to be moving here any day now. They're going to have a full season to talk and, and do stuff that's going to be greatly beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something we've talked about, too, that this season, yeah, the offense is going to be built around Vernon Adams Jr., and there's a lot of weapons around him right now, too. So um, it's it's always beneficial to have coaches here, too, as well for, for the offseason, have them all together. So, uh, yeah, it's only going to expect good things from that. Staying in the backfield, might as well do this from quarterback out, as they say. Running back, uh, one of the signings that the club announced on the Tuesday was Antonio Williams. Uh, Has game experience with the Buffalo Bills, but really what we were doing there is we knew James Butler was departing and kind of restate the fact that we're bringing four experienced backs to Cam experience. Three yeah. of the four anyway, yeah, have, have NFL experience. Antonio Williams, as mentioned, uh, with Buffalo, got on the active roster toward the end of the 2021 season. Uh, Buddy Howell, Gregory Howell's his real name, but he goes by Buddy Howell, was on the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl team. An injury late in the season prevented him from seeing any game action in the playoffs. Um, Tavian Feaster experience down south as well as with the Montreal Alouettes yep. and Nate Shavius again talking about YouTube clips this is a guy who who looked pretty good in in some of the indoor arena football highlights I saw and you talk to Ryan Rigmaiden our assistant GM Nick who scouts and finds a lot of these guys you could see a scenario where any one of these four emerges yeah and that's why as of February 21st this is my favorite training camp battle that I'm looking for. There's four guys, it's wide open and the best men or the best men are going to get the 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 one starting running back job or however many running backs dress and um yeah a guy like like Williams he he rushed for he has NFL touchdowns to his uh, to his name. He rushed for a couple with the Bills uh, in a game against um against the Dolphins at the end of the year. Beat him like 55 yeah. 20 or yeah, something. He, and he yeah. got it in the action. And then Tavian Feaster is someone interesting too because he's a two-time national champion with the Clemson Tigers in uh in the NCAA. So that's also he has good experience there too. So it's and, and just the fact that it's four guys, it's wide open. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, and yeah, big game experience. That's that is what you want and And I'm with you. That's for me. You'll probably be seeing a few stories written about about the running backs. I mean, we go to training camp and Kamloops and it's not exactly um, it's not like it used to be. You don't get a lot of media eyes on the ground and and we try to tell the stories as best we can. and, And that's one I'm going to be highlighting. That's yeah. As soon as they're in team competition and and those drills on the turf at Thompson Rivers University. We're going to be watching the backfield uh, among other areas. So, yeah, I, James Butler, again, he was one of these guys, Nick. He he came here first in 2021, and people looking, you know, you're pumping his tires. Oh, that's a guy that went to Iowa, played in big games, and played in the XFL. And so, yeah, uh, we wish James all the best in Hamilton, but uh, I'm now intrigued to see who the next James Butler will be. Wide receivers, and one of those additions in last week's episode, we had Justin McKinnis on, so maybe maybe some, a lot of Canadian options, right, with 
Daniel Peterman, Jacob Scarfone, of course, course Javon Katoy is capable of of producing big, but um, VA is going to have some options. And I know the retirement of Brian Burnham, uh, you know, we didn't want to see him move on, but you kind of knew it was coming, really. And and Rick Campbell's talked about this as well. You've seen guys like Alex Holland step up. Keon Hatcher, another one of those guys probably viewed as training camp a couple years ago as his last chance. Lots to like about this receiving core. I, I know Winnipeg brought back Kenny Lawler and Rashid Bailey, and it's a pretty star-studded group there, but... This Lions group is right up there as well. It's the best in the league for my money. I think Keon Hatcher did explode last season. I think he's even going to get more, better this season. We saw him play. He played Lucky Spot when he went down. He played Burnham Spot when he went down. He started at the field wide receiver position, which is a, yeah. the position you versatility. Yeah, typically get the least balls thrown to you. So now he's probably going to be at a slot back spot to start this year. Um, he could be a full on superstar in this league, I think. And then you got Dominique Grimes is back. Lucky Whitehead is back. So those are your big three Americans. Um, I imagine Javon Katoy has a starting spot pretty much locked up. And then you have that fifth spot, and you can go, like you said, you can go Justin McInnes, Jacob Scarfone as a Canadian, or you could go Alex Hollins or Josh Pearson if you want to. Yeah. That's how you juggle the, uh, the ratio, right? All those guys are intriguing, and, and Scarf is a guy who started that domino effect when Burnham was out and you're moving guys around. So, yeah, of course, Dominique Rimes, uh, the Lions – Leader in receiving yards, second in the league to Winnipeg's Dalton Schoen, and that's another guy we've locked in. Caused a little anxiety there with his uh, his reported request to be moved, but we figured that would get resolved quickly. And if you like offense, if you like entertainment, again, big play VA is very capable of those big plays. <laughs> Could be some exciting nights at BC Place again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just getting back to this, yeah, the, how how the team uh, Rick Campbell and Neil McAvoy they have a really interesting choice of how they're going to designate that fifth receiver spot, whether they want to go Canadian or American. And like we said, there's multiple options. And then there's also the fact that more receivers come in in training camp as first year players, and who knows, maybe one of them steals the show and, and earns a spot that way. So there's always a lot of intrigue there. We saw uh, Josh Pearson was a name last year who really stood out in training camp and. Uh, got the start early on, albeit a Brian Bur- through a Brian Burnham injury, but he's also someone who earned a earned a practice roster spot to start the year, and then he earned an actual starting spot earlier in the year too. And great to see these guys making big plays in the playoff game. Uh, like we said, uh, our final position group, offensive line, uh, similar situation. You lose an important body, but really, we we saw snippets of the fact that a solid replacement could already be in-house. Uh, Joel Figueroa signs with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, great left tackle, great warrior for us. But remember, he went down with his injury late in the regular season. It was Jarrell Broxton at left tackle in the playoff game, the win over Calgary. And remember, what did we hear going into that game? Oh, it's Calgary has the edge on the ground and yeah. this and that. And But lo and behold, the Lions controlled the line of scrimmage that day, both sides of it. And that was with a, a guy who wasn't an experienced starting left tackle. So I say Jarrell has the inside track on that left side. Uh, Phil Norman, perhaps, maybe uh, at the left guard. We've talked about Michael Couture. The right side uh, solidified with Sook Chung and Kent Perkins. Again, all kinds of bodies, all kinds of names in camp are going to be in consideration for some backup and some practice roster spots, but... The offensive line, uh, you have to invest around the quarterback like we heard Rick Campbell just talk about, and I think they're in good hands. 
yeah, and the, the two spots to watch for here are left tackle and left guard. Like you said, uh, Jarrell Broxton probably is the front runner now for the left tackle spot. So uh, if he excels in camp and doesn't give that job up, then that spot's solidified. And then left guard, yeah, you got you got Phil Norman, who started most of the season there last year. Uh, David Neville is healthy. Um, they could bring in a first-year player for that left guard spot uh, that could come in in training camp and dominate. And then you got you also got the Canadians in the mix too. Andrew Pearson, Noah Zer is in a second year now. Ty Packer's back. So there's a lot of guys that can fight for that left guard spot. And even even the left tackle spot, I imagine, is still going to be a, a training camp battle. It's not going to be declared right off the bat that it's Drell Broxton's. He has to earn right. that spot. He has to prove it. And, and that's a guy I'm happy for because it's, he was here in 2021. Uh, he got a start in Ottawa early in that season. I forget who it was who was injured. Um, was it Fig? It might have even been Fig. But anyway, that's beside the point. He goes in and he tears his bicep in, in the first half. And he never plays another down in, in 2021. And he perseveres through a camp in 2022. But again, has to wait for his opportunity. And those are the ones... And, the coaches and, and Neil and the coaches, everyone scouts plan everything. It's comforting to know that they're comfortable with the fact that, oh yeah, okay, we can give Broxton uh, the first crack at it here. So, but again, by no means set in stone, but if you're asking us to break down the depth chart right now, that's going to be the likely scenario to start. We'll hear from Rick Campbell here again. Uh, he joined Sakaris and Price. You can catch that full interview on the Monday edition of their podcast, the boys of summer He talked about, it's a word we've heard a lot, but it's true, the continuity and the fact that they're comfortable with bringing a coaching staff back as well as other areas of the organization. Rick Campbell on this continued quest for continuity. I think it's a great thing that we're trying to build something here. I I always, you want to be a part of an organization where things are building and trending in the right direction. And I view it all works together on the field, off the field, and we're, we're trying to establish some uh, continuity of people here that it's, it's so hard if you have too much turnover in whatever part of the organization. And just the fact, I'll give you an example, we're going to go up to Kamloops for training camp with basically the same football ops staff. So all these important people from equipment to media to athletic therapy to all, this, all the stuff that goes into it. The same coaching staff. Um, obviously, Neil's been here for 150 years. Um, no, but just, you know what I mean? Just us going up there now, it's our third year of all being together. We start at such a higher point yep. um, of just being organized and be, being ready to go. And then, obviously, the most important component's the players. And we think we have a large enough group of them that, um, you know, that, that understands what it takes to win and how hard it is to win and how much. Uh, work is put into it so it's fun to see um it's fun to see the bc lions um on the rebound like this i i i've said it before i remember being a an opponent in playoff games at bc place when i was with calgary and was with edmonton and it was so difficult to play there because it was so loud and the crowd was big and all that stuff and it was much more fun being on it on the the bc lions side of it last year when uh when we got it going again very well said. Uh, he even gave a shout out to the media yeah. staff. I assume he means you and I. Uh, Stephen Chang, uh, Liam Thompson, a mid-season addition will be in Kamloops for the first time. So, and it is like it is. It is a family. Uh, when the season's on, we're not technically in football operations, but we're around it every day. It is our second family, and 
there's something comforting about going to work with the same people year in and year out. 100%. And uh, like what we said about with Vernon Adams Jr. is doing right now, it just builds chemistry day in, day out. And it, it helps that it's pretty, I think personally, it's beautiful up in Kamloops. I love the backdrop. I love the mountains in the back. The field is really nice. Uh, I, I like the, I like the life we live too. At that point, it's it's really football, food, and at that time, we were, I think we were watching like Stanley Cup playoff games every night when we had done some downtime. Yeah. So that was just kind of the 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 ritual we got into, and it was a lot of fun. So really looking forward to that again. And that and that just means football's back. Yeah, really good setting. Uh, if you're gonna go somewhere for three weeks, Canloops is not a bad place to go. At all. We, we, doing we, some... we, we did a hike too, right? Last year? We did a hike. Yeah. That was during the player strike, I think, right? I think it was like the first day of the player strike, second yeah. day of the player strike, when it was becoming clear that we might might have some downtime here for a couple of days. Uh, there won't be a strike, but we'll do a hike. How's that? You're rhyming. That was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so lots to like. Uh, again, we'll do this next week with the defense. Some intriguing battles there in camp. Boy, oh boy. And we talked about it a little bit with those signings off the top. But plenty to break down. We're going to get to your mailbag submissions and uh, maybe talk a little all-star game, NBA. I didn't catch much of it, but that coming up on First and Now. First and Now is the official BC Lions podcast. As always, we welcome the listener feedback. Hence, Nick, why we... Go to the social media. Mailbag. Yes, mailbag time. Uh, we put that out there. Any questions, uh, particularly about the offense? And Cole on Twitter, and I'm glad he asked this one because it's going to give us a chance to mention a couple guys we didn't, I don't think. Lions did some shuffling up front. How much will that benefit the offense? Lost some familiar faces. Godber and Figgy mentions. Add some new faces. Couture and Schlager. Chris Schlager, of course, uh, formerly the Montreal Alouettes. What about the expectation for young guys such as Zur and Packer and the return of David Neville? Yeah, Neville, one of those Canadians that didn't get on the field at all last year, was injured, and he has to be viewing this as kind of a make-or-break time for him. And Noah Zur, Tyler Packer, again, two recent draft picks. We're talking about that depth. Yes, uh, it is important that these guys take another step in their second years with the team. Yeah, and all those guys that are just named there, they're all going to be competing against one another. Like, they're, they're teammates, but they're also competing against each other in training camp. And uh, Neville and Zer, those are two guys with this massive size. Like, they, they yeah. are huge. Neville is extremely tall, and Zer is just a massive body. And I guess being a – I played DB when I grew up, so standing beside <laughs> those guys, yeah, they make me look even tinier. But – um, yes, so it's going to be exciting to see those guys and see how they develop. Um, again, yeah, they're back for another season. They're healthy. So, um, yeah, just going to come down to training camp and whoever wins out. And Packer got some reps in uh, that final regular season game in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Not the easiest situation because the Bombers still had Jackson Jeffcoat out there, uh, among others. But, hey, baptism, baptism by fire, as they say. Maybe not a bad thing. These guys are surely going to be battle-tested. Regular listener, Young Judd, one of the biggest Lions fans we know. How interesting is it going to be to watch the RB battle at training camp? And what are the chances that the starter has a similar impact to what James Butler did here? We kicked around the first bit of that question, but I would say anything's possible in terms of matching Butler's production. Again, a bit of a learning year for Butler in 2021, but... He went over the 1,000-yard mark. I'm not going to sit here and predict any of those guys as going for 1,000-plus yards. But again, the opportunity is squarely there for them. Yeah, I just love how wide open it is, like we talked about earlier. And 
Um, you, across the league, like everybody, ha- everybody had to start somewhere, right? You see a guy like like a Kadeem Carey in Calgary, a right. Morrow in Saskatchewan. They were all they were all in the spot before, and probably in maybe a harder spot where they had to beat out somebody or or actually beat out somebody with experience that's been a proven CFL running back. So um, these guys, like we said too, they've they played in the, they have NFL experience. Some of even like Antonio Williams has scored touchdowns in the NFL. Um, Feaster's Feaster's played in the CFL a bit too, won national championships, so they, they're not they're not going to be afraid of the moment, and they should they, they'll be able to seize it. Final submission for this uh, segment: uh, Is there an update on the status of Stove Richardson? How much adjustment, if any, of the offensive system will the OC make for big play VA? Well, the second part of that is, yeah, uh, I think Jordan will look to be an open book with Vernon and talking about how catering the offense more to his strengths. Again, that's something we'll be watching for from day one in camp. Uh, I, I would say a lot of it will look different. Just can't say what it is. Uh, as for Stowe Richardson, I think we'd be, I think we'd be lying uh, if we said we'd expected him to be here this year. Again, coming off another torn Achilles, not easy to do. I'm not, I'm not ruling him out from appearing at some point, but I would say we won't know anything official until a while. And, and it's unfortunate because I know that was the guy they were most excited to get last year in free agency. It's a guy taking the words right out of Neil McAvoy's mouth. We couldn't block him when we played Winnipeg. And we all saw how much of a difference uh, the interior of that defensive line was in the Western final. A lot of rushing yards allowed, Nick. Can't help but think what might have been. Yeah. Uh, devil's advocate to that is that Nathan Cherry's in his full now he's has oh, a year yeah. under his belt so he's coming back for you too Woody Barron's healthy from the start so um, Josh Banks is also re-signed such an underrated re-signing or player in this league so lots to like yeah there are capable guys there and we'll, we'll see what happens this season bclions.com uh, our intern Ryan Bailey BCIT student uh, a written piece on Cherry you're talking about Nathan Cherry and his year two preparations, and it's always nice to see, it's always exciting for me again, guys coming into year two, what have they learned? How much better are they going to get? Nathan Cherry, one of those guys, uh, he's working out with some old Saskatchewan Husky buddies currently. Again, head to bclions.com. That's a, that's a whole lot of, that's a big football sandwich we devoured here specifically, and that was just the offense, Nick. Can't wait to do it next week with the defense. Before we go, though, again, I was in Point Roberts, no TV, but occasionally checking my devices online, all kinds of hot takes on the XFL and the NBA All-Star Game, uh, the Slam Dunk Contest was it's back. was one for the books. <laughs> yeah. um, I like to watch the Slam Dunk Contest. I didn't watch any XFL, though, obviously. What was your take on all that? Well, on Saturday, I just remember this. You asked me about what I did, what I did on the weekend, and I kind of blanked a bit. But I was out in Port Moody at the breweries on Saturday, and oh, I, you and were. I, I was I just opened my phone, opened the Twitter, and yeah, I see this Mac McClung guy doing these like crazy, he did like a seven twenty dunk to pretty much win the contest, and uh, the reactions are pretty crazy. So I think the NBA needed that. They needed like a very strong dunk contest. Um, there's been a lot of discussions whether there's like. Because a guy like LeBron James has never done it. A guy like Kevin Durant has never done it. Like the superstars, right? So how do you get them involved? Because like, Mac McClung was in the G League yeah. uh, a couple weeks before. Yeah. yeah, it's rare. Remember the year Vince Carter won it as a rookie? That was a rare instance where a guy who's kind of front and center already wins it. And I, I could be missing someone else again. It's not, a, it's not an event I've watched religiously year in and year out. It's fun, though, yeah. It's for the fans, yeah. I mean, if you're a hardcore basketball fan who doesn't enjoy it, maybe. Um, that's what it is. It's for sponsors. It's for fans. All-Star Game. I can do without the All-Star Game. It's you, just... 
You were saying you like the baseball format only, right, for All-Stars? I like the baseball All-Star game. and The Derby? Yeah, just, just something authentic about it. The players wearing their own uniforms. And I didn't love it when... I didn't love that time period where they made it so the winning league got home field yes, in the World Series. I, I'm with you I understand they had to make it a little more meaningful because that one year it was a tie and they didn't want to waste their pitching, neither manager, but... Uh, just something about it. Uh, it's the middle of the summer. There's not much else going on besides our our game and, and our league, of course. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night, there's typically not much else happening because we typically play Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the summer. So, yeah, I just, as a baseball fan, uh, I've always loved it. And it's in Seattle this year. be fun to try to get down there. You don't say. Yeah. May have to work something out. Winter Classic, too. I have, I have my eyes on it. Trust uh, me. You winter classic? Yeah, I don't know. They're fun. I, I've I've been to. I actually went to the one at IG Field. I actually I, I lied. I went. That would to have the, been the Heritage Classic. The Heritage classic. Yes. Well, see, an outdoor, an outdoor, yes, an outdoor uh, sports game. Every hockey fan outdoor should hockey go to game. at least one of those. Um, back when I was Moj's Super Bowl sidekick, before you were in the picture, uh, we went to the Rangers Devils at Yankee Stadium. Hell of a time. I don't even remember that one. That was twenty fourteen. I don't yeah. even remember that. No, remember it was the year they really expanded the outdoor game. So they Maybe had, that's why. <laughs> but they had there was two that week in Yankee Stadium, and gloriously they planted around Super Bowl week, which was in New York, New Jersey. There was also one at Dodger Stadium that Kings year. Kings and Sharks. Kings and Ducks. Kings and Ducks. Okay. Yep. And that was the year we had our Heritage Classic oh, here okay. at BC Place later that year in March, the Canucks and the Senators, the infamous Roberto Luongo getting benched, and ultimately that was, I think, the last time he ever dressed as a Canuck because he was traded a couple days later. And quick story about that Heritage Classic, it was a big tease because it was snowing in Vancouver. I remember walking around at night, going out for dinner with my wife oh, the yeah. night before, and thinking, we're going to get, get an outdoor game with the roof open in the snow. But doing what it does, usually in Vancouver, eventually turns to rain and they close the roof. So, long story short, we're going to Seattle, January. 1st. Who's we? Are, mom, are you? Am I coming with? <laughs> we you? all are. We all are. Okay. <laughs> we are. We are. We going. To, we are going to a Preds game soon. I'm excited for that. Yes, the we are. are to we're going to go see the Canucks and the Predators in a couple of weeks. And you're wearing Nashville gear. Yeah. Bright, bright and yellow. Might have second thoughts now. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I, I still enjoy going to Canuck games. It's still fun to go out, and they're flying through some dark clouds right now. But we wish we wish all the teams in this market luck because it brings everybody together. And as a lifelong Canuck fan, I uh, want to see them win, but they're definitely flying through some dark clouds right now. It, it's the Kraken and the Knights, the Golden Knights. Yeah, right? Battle of the Expansions, yeah. You might convince. It's New Year's Day, though, right? It's... Get your hey. Well, you tell you you're what, not you're not much of a New Year's Eve guy. You just said that. Tell you yeah. what, you think about getting your Nexus Pass, and I might consider going with you. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you <laughs> yeah, in we'll Seattle. take separate cars. Yeah. All right, uh, this was fun, and again, we'll be back next week to to do a little deep dive on the defense. Uh, be sure to subscribe, uh, rate, leave a review. First and now available on all your podcast platforms nick it's been a slice we'll do it again in a week yeah, until next time until next time though we encourage you as always head to bclions.com for all of our latest content